I think it is time to have an honest conversation about the Warriors. What up, Dub Nation, to another episode of the Catch and Dubs podcast. We're your host, I'm Ethan, and I am joined by my duo, my splash bro, and my co-host, Zach. Um, a lot of Warriors basketball, more bad news than not, but before we get started, how you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good. I would be better if the Warriors could actually win a road game, but, you know, I'm still doing pretty well. I'm still doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, but they're 0-8 on the road as of this recording, which is not great, especially for a defending NBA champs. But um, the last time we recorded, um, I guess the Warriors were 3-6 and six or something. Now they're 6-9. and nine. Um, but let's be honest here. They would be one in five without the heroics of Steph Curry. I mean, the dude is basically carrying this team on his back like it's 2021 all over again. And the question is, is this sustainable? In my opinion, I really don't think so. What nope, do you think? It's not. I mean, look, just look at it. Steph Curry is 34 <laughs> years old. And last night he put up 50 points. 31 points in the, in the first half. That, if we're going to be comparing players here, that's some Michael Jordan, LeBron James type-esque carrying right there. And the Warriors still lost. And the, he scored 50 points, and they were still down 13 at the time. Um, it's, it's just not sustainable. The roster, there's no bench depth. That whenever the, the Warriors starting five is the best in the NBA. Then when the bench comes onto the floor, the lead is instantly gone. It's like nightmares of 2021 coming right back into my mind. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it, it just, uh, there just seriously needs to be discussions about roster construction because I think the front office coming off this championship, I think if they never won a championship, they would have blown up it up. They would have blown they, it up. They would have blown this two timeline system up a little bit a, a while ago, and that's just my personal opinion. I think, but I think you have this championship, and you had that some of those playoff games where you had Kaminga and Moody mixed in there, saying that oh maybe the two line two timeline system will work. Okay, well, GP two walks, OPJ walks. They bring in Dante DiVincenzo to try to fix some, fix some things. They bring Iggy back, and they say, well, Kaminga, Wiseman, and Moody, they have to be on the floor more. And if these minutes are going to be good development minutes, and they've just gone terribly other than Moses Moody, who's had some – all of them have had problems, which said in the last episode, it's just time to blow this two-timeline system up. That's all. Yeah, I, I think we can start off with that. Like, um, when you have five kids on a championship contender, I don't even know if it's championship contender, but a reigning championship contending team, five kids, I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster. And I know, I know, there's receipts of us saying of how the two timeline could work. 
But I mean, we're kind of seeing it unfolding um, in our eyes. I mean, James Wiseman being sent into the G League, Kaminga getting a ton of uh, DNPs, same as Moody, and PBJ and Ryan Rollins are just, you know, Santa Cruz G League players. But it's like we're sacrificing the greatness of Steph Curry to, you know, build for 2027, which is unfair, obviously. I know we've had conversations about this like way back then, but. Obviously, it comes down to um, roster construction, how you have to pick which timeline to go through. And obviously, this timeline, there's without a doubt, this timeline is Steph Curry. And you got to go all in. And I know we've had conversations like this before. Twitter's has had conversations before about this. Like, yo, I mean, you are never going to get this kind of player ever again. So, like, why not just go all in to get maybe one or two more championships? Like, that's the deal. And... With the way this is going, then I mean they got to make that trade. But obviously, well, just look statistically, this is probably one of his best starts to his career ever. They're currently six and nine, and you realistically look at it. I don't think the Warriors will ever have a player like Stephen Curry. Ever again, or, ever, ever again, maybe, and. The Warriors are worrying about what's gonna, what their future, what their team's gonna look like in twenty twenty seven when they have a top five player of all time in some people's minds on their roster. Just go all in, man. I I just don't understand. This is like twenty twenty one all over again. Just go all in. And I know in twenty twenty one I was saying we should trade Andrew Riggins for Ben Simmons. And look at that now. That was not a good idea, but it should. It, it, I think it's more clear now, like, you, what to not, do. It's not even superstars. It's just, like, good rotational depth bench players who will buy into the system and play solid minutes. Because you can go into Jonathan Kaminga. You probably be in Jonathan Kaminga's shoes for one second. He's a, who was drafted number seven in the 2021 NBA draft. Other guys before him, Josh Giddy, blanking on other names. Those guys are starting and playing 30 minutes a night while Jonathan Kaminga is sitting on the bench and getting DNPs. People are complaining about how there's no emotion on the bench. I don't think these guys really like where they're at currently being depth pieces who are getting DNPs. So I think personally, in the benefit of both parties, trade the young guys to a nice destination and bring back some rotational depth pieces Send maybe Wiseman to San Antonio, bring back Acapurdo, maybe go get Jared Vanderbilt from Utah, even though the Jazz are playing well, and just go get a solid, just some solid rotational players, or just say, F it, we ball, and go get Kevin Durant, man. It, it, you just need, you just have to go all in. I, yeah, I mean, um, it's just I know, and I know, and. I know I we I'm trying not to go back in circles on this, but you know it's not just the bench too. Like we look at the, you know the top six. Steph is great. Dre, uh, Draymond's all right. Wiggins is great. Looney is great. But out of those, like Steph, um, Wiggins, Looney, there's some really big question marks. Um, I want to start off with Clay, right? Um, uh, Clay came back obviously from his two injuries. You know it's unprecedented to see what he did. He contributed to the finals, right? But coming to the start of the season, um, he had no no off-season work, no pickup game or anything. 
And obviously that kind of contributed to that slow start to the season. And now we're kind of seeing that kind of hurting this team a little bit. I'll give you some context to those that are listening. So um, this is against the Suns game. Uh, The Warriors were down seven and you can tell that the Warriors were starting to get a little bit of momentum. Um, One fast break play decides to shoot a three where I think JP was open on the left wing. He shoots it, it bricks. And second time again, they get a stop, they get a rebound. Clay pulls up on the right wing, but Wiggins is open in the corner and it misses. And you can see the body language on the team, like JP and Dre, they're like kind of throwing their hands up in the air and like, it's like, dude, that kind of killed the game right there. So I was like, I do want to ask Zach, like, do you think uh, Clay is what hurting this team? Like, is his ego kind of, kind of causing where the start is at, like at the six and nine start? I mean, people can call it on the ego. I just feel like he's done this for a majority of his career. It just seems like there is that stretch where before he hit those 14 threes in Chicago. He was in a really bad shooting slump, and he would just shoot his way out of, try to shoot his way out of this, his slump, and that's what he's been doing all year, and he's, it, it's become a problem with him hijacking the game, it seems. So, I mean, I, personally, I think there's one way you can fix it, but... Explain that way. Explain that way. Can't do that. It's starting Jordan Poole. Just, I, I like... And the Spurs game is a perfect example. I understand you're playing the San Antonio Spurs and you beat them by 30-plus points. But when you started Jordan Poole, he came out. He just looked like a completely different player. He was probably had confidence, most likely. He just came out more aggressive. And he had 34 points on the night, if I'm not mistaken. But will Steve Kerr be willing to make that change? No, he even said no. Yeah, and I, I just, I just think Jordan Poole. I don't know. He, he just looks better with a guy like Steph and complimenting him rather than him leading his own unit, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I did want to ask you that too. Like starter pool versus bench player pool. Like they basically play the exact same minutes, but like. Sometimes with bench player pool, like he disappears. Like in the Suns game, he only took five shots. And especially if you're like the leader of that second union, we're basically expecting you to take shots, lead the offense. I'm like, dude, where was that? It's like he wasn't even there. This is like, is that concerning too, especially since he got a payday? And it's like, dude, we're good paying all this money for you to only shoot five shots. So it's like, what do you think? Mm. Uh, uh, there's just I I think like I said before he just uh, I think all my talk about him winning six man of the year just cursed this and I think he just he just looking he just hasn't looked like that type of player that we saw in the postseason where in that just just throughout the postseason ever since yeah i just i don't know i'm a loss for words right now but i do i did want to ask a follow-up question to that too like 
do you think Draymond's, you know, punch on pool? Oh, here we go. Yeah, we're getting the juicy stuff. This is an honest conversation. Do you think that's kind of had led to JP being really timid on the offense? Like, I, I think, know we saw on starter side, but I think what do you that think? altercation between Draymond and Jordan Poole, well, technically just Draymond had started the altercation. That was it. But I think that's just ruined the whole vibe with this team. And you can easily tell. I think there it's obvious that there are the core and then there's the young guys. And it just seems like there's no chemistry at all within the team. Well, last year you had the core. You had five Steph, vets, basically. Steph, Clay, Draymond. Then you had the other guys, Wiggins and Jordan Poole came into his own. And then you have those guys on the bench who could provide you okay minutes, like Damian Lee, JTA. But those guys would be dapping up Steph and Clay and Wiggins and Draymond coming off the floor and the Warriors don't have those guys anymore. And I feel like that's just, a, it's just a good boost. It's just a good players to have to boost them around in the locker room. Um, and I think a lot of Warriors fans took them for granted just because they obviously didn't provide such great minutes, but. I think we tell, see their you impact. Tell last year's team was special just from the way they connected while this year's team, it just looks Looks flat. It just looks divided, and I think it could be partly because of what happened in training camp, but I just think that Draymond punch changed a lot of things. Yeah, and honestly, I would agree with that too. I mean, you see now, like, Draymond came even like, he's not even yelling at guys on the court. Like, you can tell, like, he's kind of, like, holding back too just because he knows, like, what he did too. Like, he's not yelling at guys to get on defense and get to response. He's not yelling at them at the bench. He's not, you know, telling Clay not to take stupid shots or anything. It's just like he, um, Draymond has kind of lost that voice as a leader. And I think it adds more burden on his staff to what he's doing now to take that leadership role. I, I just don't see him calling out guys anymore, you know? Yeah. I, I just don't. And I think partly that's because I think he understands what he did maybe partly probably hurt his people's belief in him as a leader, et cetera. Cause you know, I would assume he obviously probably lost a lot of teammates respect with what he did. Um, and rightfully so, but it, the, the, the team just looks broken currently. It, it just, there's no chemistry whatsoever. They just don't look like a, functional unit at all and that's just going to be a problem and there's no way you're winning a championship when you don't function as a team like as a cohesive unit at all yeah um i don't know it's it's is really it, is bad it, is it over no no but, but like it's, games in i'm just saying it's concerning change, there's some changes need to be made if you want to turn this ship around yeah, and I feel like um, it's a good segue to this main point. James Wiseman, right? I know we didn't talk about him early in this episode, but I feel like, you know, there's writings on the wall for James Wiseman, right? He got sent into the G League, and people think, oh, it's just going to be another Jordan Poole situation where he goes to the G League and he comes back, 
But the problem is it's that it's a guard versus a center, right? If you're a guard, you can go to the G League, work on your stuff. But if you're a center, what can you really work on? Like your screen, rebounding, post work. That's not really going to translate well to the NBA, especially with um, the lack of contact that James Wiseman gives when he gives screens, right? I feel like he just doesn't want to give screens for some reason. I'm going to be blunt about this situation. Yeah, go ahead. I've given up on James Wiseman. Damn, really? Uh, You were such a truther. What happened? I don't know. It's just... I feel for the guy, and I think I, I I don't like slandering players, and I'm not going to slander him because I think a lot of it's not his fault. I think he's just ended up in a really bad situation, and it's been a horrible start to his career. But I think it's just time to just cut the ties and just go our separate ways, you know? Just send him somewhere that he can develop and become a good big man in this league. Because I don't think that's going to happen on the Warriors. I, it, it just hasn't seemed like a fit since he started here. And it's just gotten worse. And I mean, just the problem is, is that I don't think he has any trade value whatsoever currently, which the Warriors can't really, which is why they can't send it's him bad. I know. Like, like... We're going to. And that's the problem with the whole two-timeline system, is that you're going to ship all these young guys off. I mean, Kaminga is probably the greatest potential out of all of them, but you're going to ship Kaminga, Wiseman, Moody, and a first. Who are you getting back for that? Wiseman has no trade value. Kaminga and Moody, okay, I guess. Some young players. And that first round pick is going to be middle to late first round if the Warriors don't mess it up, if the Warriors stay in contention. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot of value on that. And I just don't know who you're going to get for those three guys in a first. And that first is, do they have one this year? I think they may. I think they do. They have all their picks, I think, until 2027. But I could be wrong on that. But there's that is an issue, and then next issue is if the front office is really gonna go all in, if they're really gonna think that is the plan. And from seeing in twenty twenty one about how stubborn they were, um, it's not looking too hot about whether I think they're gonna do it or not. Nah. Um. I think especially you've seen the bill. You see the tax bill. Yeah, I think he's sees the tax bill, and I think he is bought into being light years ahead and being having a two timeline system, which which is starting to blow up in their faces. Yeah, and I understand it's fifteen games in, but we could be thirty games from now, and they're And yeah, I don't know. Thirty games dude. from now, they're and they're twenty and twenty-five. Yeah. yeah, like, dude, we are one injury to Steph Curry to being if in Steph the tanking sweepstakes. Injured. If Steph for injured, Victor Wenbayama, you can slide the Warriors alongside the Lakers, the Pelicans. Even the Lakers aren't going to get him because that's the Pelicans' pick currently. Slide him across the Nuggets, or not even the Nuggets. What am I saying? The Magic, the Rockets, 
yeah, the Warriors will be in, uh, Victor Wemanyama's sweet sixes, which is right up Joe Lake's alley because he likes all those young players, you know. But Victor Wembanyama is actually like NBA ready. Let's be yeah, honest here. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that, but you know. But like, I don't want to like get too ahead of myself. But like, that's the issue, right? Is that an injury to Steph, long term injury, season's over, a hundred percent. Like, yep. We saw this in twenty twenty one, right, where he had a broken tailbone, where he was out nine games and they went one and eight, like. Imagine yeah. that for another season, like whole if season. That, it, yeah, if you want that, if that's going to happen again, if he gets hurt and he's out for 10 to 15 games with this Warriors team, it's going to be much of the same as what we saw in 2021 or worse. Yeah. And I, I kind of I want to bring this up a bit, too, because I heard a little good counterpoint to this whole situation. Like people have said the Warriors versus Mavs series where – there was no auto porter. There was no GP two, but the Warriors still won that series. I don't. I want to hear your um, hear your reaction to that. How it's still the same roster, but they still won the West Finals and were able to get to the finals without GP two and Auto Porter Junior. in that series. Well, that's in the playoffs. That's after that's having momentum coming off a gritty win, gritty series win against Memphis and a series win against Denver. When you're in the postseason, you carry momentum through the series you advance through, in my opinion. So I think having all that momentum and then having those three guys on your roster who have won three or four guys, because Iggy was on that roster, even though he wasn't playing. Um, Udonis Haslam-esque, um, who have three championships. They had that championship um experience they're throwing out wiggins steph clay jordan Poole, looney draymond damian lee jta belly belly yeah i mean nemanja bielitska yeah belly was another guy warriors fans took for granted too he was a solid player solid in the regular season too even though he was like unplayable at times but like he would give you solid minutes exactly yeah. And, you know, Warriors fans took a lot of these guys for granted. They were slandering Damian Lee's name. and we were, I was one of them, too. I was one of them, too. That guy is balling on the Suns right now. Even if he didn't play any minutes, he just provided a good bench presence and good, good morale boost to the team. And that's all you need, honestly, for a good championship team. And the Warriors don't have that currently. Um, well, I mean, they got Anthony Lamb, so you know, that's a good replacement. He's, I can see him getting the crowd hyped up, but yeah, I don't know. And it's, it's gonna be a long season, long season, looking like it. And yeah, my question is, well, when will the front office? see that it's a problem and it, if you want to win a championship it's time to fix it i think they already see it as a problem but i think they're restricted to what moves they can make because they can't move wiggins or pool because they just like signed they a contract that. yeah um clay and dre i mean yeah, you can't you can't move them if you want to win a championship yeah like you can't it's basically the young guys and like we you touched on earlier they got no trade value. Like, who do you trade? What, what do you trade? There's Kuminga nothing. Moody have trade value. James Weissman has probably negative zero or negative something. 
And those first round picks are going to be mid to late first round. So, I mean, yeah. And yeah, it's just. Yeah, it's not looking great. Well, it's just looking a little, a little grim. Like there's still oh, some light at the end of the tunnel. You just but like. I'm not even asking for a superstar. I mean, if Kevin Durant became available, I'd be calling Sean Marsh the Nets GM right away. Even though, even though he's 34, Kevin Durant has a good relationship with I wouldn't say a good relationship, but he's won two championships with the Warriors. You know, and Katie. It's time to come on home, you know. He, obviously, he doesn't look too happy where he is with Brooklyn. So They just got a game winner, so we'll see about that. I mean, who hit that game winner? Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal. He's playing with Royce O'Neal right now. Um, no offense. You see that quote? You see that quote of him, like, saying, you know, I have these teammates and they expect me to win just because I'm out there? What do you think? Exactly. exactly. If you want, you can come on home and you could play in a starting lineup with Steph. Oh, that starting lineup would be – you would move Andrew Wiggins to the bench? No, you would keep that lineup. No, if you had – Just Katie. move Looney to bench. Move Looney. Oh, oh damn. Draymond at the five? <laughs> I see like that. So it would be Steph. Yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Katie and Dre. And that second unit of JP, Dante, Loon – Jermichael Green. Jermichael Green and uh, Warriors legend Anthony Lamb. <laughs> Sounds good. Sign me up, folks. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Yeah. They're 6-9 currently. It's 15 games in, but I'm officially worried. I know on the last, uh, I think, a couple episodes ago, I said, oh, yeah, nothing to worry about, nothing to worry about. It's, yeah, it's time to worry, folks. It's 6-9. and nine. They haven't won a game on the road. And when Steph Curry scores 50 points and you still lose by double digits, yeah, it's time to sound a panic alarm because that's a problem. But, yeah. Hopefully it gets better from here. Yeah, I mean, we ask. hopefully, we'll see. All right, that'll conclude episode 111, I believe. I think it's 112. Gosh darn it, 112 of the Catching Dubs podcast. Um, make sure you uh, follow us on all social media platforms. Maybe not Twitter, because Twitter may be dead tomorrow. Um, rest in peace to the Bird app. I don't think it's going anywhere, though. Um, not. Make sure you follow us on all the social media platforms at Catching Dubs Pod or Dubs Pod and uh, Warriors play the Knicks tomorrow at Chase Center. Oh, well, that's a home game, so you know the Warriors can win that one. They just can't win road games apparently. So that may be a W. I'm in the uh, catching the next episode, folks. Peace out, y'all.